Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony, a news magazine show featuring human interest, in the spotlight, movers and shakers, and the news and happening that affects all of us in and out of the ACB community. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Sunday Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Corona, and today we are doing the first of what I hope will be quite a few uh, in a series of the ABCs of ACB, the three Cs, couples, convention, and community. Before I jump right into movers and shakers, I wanted to wish all the fathers out whatever form your fatherhood takes, whether it be mentoring, biological, step-parenting, or even if you are the daddy of a lovable fur baby, happy Father's Day. And to all my LGBT brothers and sisters, happy Pride Month. There will be some special programming next week on this show to celebrate Pride Month. But let's dive right into movers and shakers. I have Kim and Brian Charlson with me first. Welcome, guys. Yeah. Hi. Hey, Hi, thanks Anthony. for having us here. <clears throat> Absolutely. So let's get to know you guys a little bit. Let's start with how you guys met. <laughs> oh, boy. Story. <laughs> Sometimes we tell it a little differently. So I'll let Brian start because okay. uh, he has an interesting perspective. When Kim and I were quite young, I was blinded when I was 11. Um, we first met at a summer session at the Oregon School for the Blind. I was one of those kids who only attended regular public school while Kim was a student at the School for the Blind. She had a strong reputation as a leader at her school and I had a strong reputation as a leader at my school. But of course, where we met was at her school. And in the first year of this summer, I, I won't call it a romance quite yet, but in the first summer, uh, the school always had contests for who was the best little camper. And Kim won it. And I was determined that she would not be a repeat. So the next summer, <laughs> I came and I did my best to win it and did. But when Kim saw the writing on the wall, she became uh, kind of the anti-student, the one up to all the mischief that caught her demerits rather than brownie points. Um, but, uh, but we got to know one another through those summer meetings and then once again made our acquaintance when Kim started a group of ACB called the Oregon Alliance of Blind Students, uh, a, a chapter of the uh, Oregon Council of the Blind and of the National Alliance of Blind Students, the ACB affiliate in those days. So what can I say? Oh. <laughs> so now you get to hear my version of the story because it is a little different. 
So, <laughs> so I'm a year younger than Brian. I think he was 13 and I was 12 when we met. And he was kind of interesting. He came, he was new, you know, he was interesting, but he was new at the school and all the girls that were 17 and 18 that were at the summer school, they really thought he was cute. They really liked him. They danced with him at the dances. They had lunch with him and he didn't even have any time for me because I was 12 and they were big important girls on here. So, and they were dancing with him and they just thought he was so cool. So guess what little Kim did? Well, she went and had this little conversation with those girls and she said, you know, that kid you're hanging out with, he's only 13, you know, and boy, did they drop him like a hot potato. He was so <laughs> mad at me. I don't think he talked to me the rest of the summer. So I guess we got all of that out of our systems when we were 12 and 13, because <laughs> now we get along pretty well. So <laughs> we just celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary last year. <laughs> God bless. That's wonderful. <laughs> so fast forward 40 years. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's a lot it's more interesting. <laughs> if you were to sum up the 40 years let's say we're, you were creating a movie title what would you title your marriage mm. Mm. that's a good question <laughs> it's um first you then me oh, would be the know. title Is first the you title? then me see <laughs> that would mean that we always took turns in our involvement with ACB. If uh, Kim was president of the state affiliate, then I took a back seat and you know, served on a committee or something. And if I were president of a state affiliate, she would serve on committees and take a back seat. And that worked well for us during all of those 40 years, 23, year, no, 21 years of that, I served on the ACB board uh, Kim did not until she became first vice president and then president. So I have not been on the board during that period of time either. So first me, then you, and it depends on whose voice is doing the voiceover, what it means. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Kim? Do you have a, a different title? Well, uh, you know, that's a, that's pretty accurate. I mean, it does reflect how we have managed so well to to make um, make our advocacy work and our leadership work mesh well together and to allow each of us to be leaders in our own right and not to you know bump into each other a lot in in what we're doing um, and I think it's worked well um, I mean, professionally even for me originally I think possibly as, as a woman striking out in the early days of my career in information access and, and accessible technology, you know, I was a little more careful about, you know, Brian, I can't be on the same panel as you. Um, but once we did it, people just said, the two of you are so good on these panels. It was just such a great, um, you know, experience the presentation was interesting informative and amusing and we really really enjoyed it so we got such great reviews when we presented together 
that we started to do more of it and it would just really took off then. So I think we've learned how to, how to allow each other to have the space we need to, to do what we need to do. But in, in the years that we've worked together, we've also learned how to allow um, ourselves to work together and not step on each other's toes and really complement ourselves, which I think is, is a really important skill to learn as a married couple. So I think we've done quite well. That's pretty awesome. I plan on asking all three couples this question, and I mean it in the spirit of fun and fun only, but if you guys had to pick who more often wears the pants and who more often irons and presses the pants? Oh, goodness. Well, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I would have to say that it would be me. Wait, um, wait that does what? Where's the pants? Yes. I would say yes, though I don't remember the last time I saw you in pants. <laughs> no, I tend to be a skirt girl. I love skirts, but I wear the pants, you know? Yeah. Well, as I was growing up, one of the duties I was given as a child to pull my own weight among the five of us was doing the laundry. So I've always been the laundry boy, and I, I carried that forward into marriage. Who does more of the cooking? Brian, absolutely. No Thank question. I could Who does most day? of the paperwork? Kim. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> What's his best dish, Kim? What's his best dish? Curry and Mexican food. Mm, nice. Well, I need an invite the next time I'm up your way. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned, obviously, and everyone listening knows, Kim, you were president for a couple of terms. What was the what was the accomplishment or the thing the part of your president that presidency that you're most proud of? Well, I people always ask this question, and I I look back and and I think that I there's a couple things that that I'm really proud of, and and the accomplishments that I that I take the most pride in were not because I did them, but they were because I had the pleasure of having a, a board of directors that was incredibly good and worked well together. Um, and, and we worked hard on a lot of things. One of those being financial stability for the organization. And that was hard because I came into the office of president at a time when ACB was, finances were in the red and we were using our reserve at a pretty significant rate. And if it continued, there wasn't going to be very much reserve left for the organization. And that's not why you have a reserve fund. It's supposed to be there to help, but you know, we needed to kind of turn things around or, or we wouldn't have anything left. And working over, um, I would say like three, three and a half years, we really turned that around and got ACB back to where we were able to create a legacy endowment fund so that we have an endowment now, which we never had. Um, and the other thing that I'm incredibly proud of is the, um, the fact that I was able during my um, time as president to, to bring on board Eric Bridges as executive director, who I feel is, is um, a leader in the new generation of leadership in the blindness community and incredibly talented and really 
able to guide ACB in, in the new direction that I think organizations are needing to go in, in the 21st century and in these times um, where we've got even more challenges to face than we might have had even one or two years ago. So um, having the right people working for ACB um, is something that I'm proud of. We've got some incredibly dedicated people as staff in our organization. Um, and of course, we've got amazing people as volunteers who serve every day, giving countless hours to organizations. So I, um, those, are the, those are the things that really make me proud of the time that I spent as president. And, and not to forget the fact that a lot of people in the organization um, took a lot of pride in the fact that I was the first woman president to serve our organization. And I, I have to take pride in that as well. I, absolutely. It struck me when I first came to ACB, how many, how many available leadership roles were taken by women and not that, not that there's, that there should be any surprise in that, but the way, the way the world still is, it's not the norm yet. And so, you know, I've always been very proud that uh, ACB has such a an open and wonderful diversity as far as the leadership is concerned, especially for women and men. Um, Brian, I know that you serve on a bunch of committees. You're passionate about audio description and library uses of America. What are you working on right now? What's got you excited besides convention? We'll talk about that in the last yeah, segment when we're all together. Exactly. Well, um, a good friend of mine, Carl Richardson, who's an active ACB member, very involved with the, uh, well, with audio description in general, we just got to pub publish our first episode of a new podcast called Picture This. And it's all about audio description. Our first episode was just to get to the know Carl and myself. And the second episode, which will be going out on the 30th of this month, will be an interview with Joel Snyder, the executive director of the accessibility, I'm going to say this right now, ADP, accessible no, audio, audio, blah, 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 audio description project. Exactly. So that's, that's kind of my passion in my, uh, unfortunately, early retirement from being a tech person full-time as the director of the Carroll Center for the Blind's uh, Computer Training Services Program. I also have to say that um, I'm enjoying being associated with so many great, both special <coughs> interest and state affiliates. I'm former president of Library Users of America, and we're doing some really important things relative to access to library systems. I was chair of the Information Access Committee for more than 15 years, I think. And it's something I don't recommend, by the way, it just happened that way. <laughs> so I was delighted to take my professional side and put a lot of that effort toward ACB activities. So I got chances to work with Microsoft and Apple and Google and Facebook and Amazon and all the rest of the uh, culprits out there in AT of one form or another. So I'm really delighted to have had that opportunity as well. And Kim, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're still working full time, right? 
I am. I'm the executive director of the Perkins Braille and Talking Book Library, which is the um, NLS regional library for Massachusetts. And um, Massachusetts, I believe, is the third or fourth largest um, network library in the country. So we have about 21,000 borrowers. And um, it keeps me pretty busy, especially over the last three and a half months. It's I never thought I would have to deal in my career with a pandemic that required that we shut down for almost three months and provide some services remotely or not at all, but try to hold things together and get things out to people. And it's, it's just been kind of an amazing time to work through. And we're finally back on our feet and um, actually sending books out to people again, which is really good because we worked for almost two months, so. Yeah, people, people were probably going a little bit stir crazy. And they certainly were. And they were so happy the first day or two that we were answering our phones. And you know, we ha we we're still doing a lot of that remotely. Um, we finally got our system to allow us to do that. And they were so happy when they actually got to talk to people in the library. They just almost cried. They were so happy. So... Yeah, when I first lost my eyesight and found out um, I was part, or still am, part of the Haskell Library in New York, and you get to know, you get to know them when you're calling every couple of, you know, two or three weeks to replenish your books, and you're sending them back, and you get into conversations, and it was definitely a lifeline in the beginning of my process. So kudos, and, and thank you for all that hard work. And I know, <laughs> as the listeners also know, that you are still extremely active with ACB. What have you been doing lately? Well, I am the co-chair of the Audio Description Project, working with Carl Richardson, who is my co-chair partner. Um, and the Audio Description Project has eight subcommittees, and they all meet on a monthly basis. And Carl and I try to participate in all of those meetings to guide and participate in all the activities of ADP. Um, we're going to have a very active presence um, at the convention. Um, practically every day we've got at least one activity going and a couple days there might be two. We'll talk about those a little bit at the end. Um, but we're really proud of our convention presence and we work all year long in all the different areas of ADP. Um, I thought when I became immediate past president that, you know, I was going to be able to be <laughs> back and relax. And somehow Dan Spoon has just managed to keep me incredibly busy. Um, I'm still doing a lot of different things. So I do not have much time to think about, you know, those moments of leaning back and reading a good book. I'm still <laughs> just as busy as I ever was. So um, but it's all for good things and good, good projects. So, you know, I'm pretty, pretty pleased about that. What piece of advice did you give Dan as incoming president? Well, um, one of them he heeded very well. And that was, if you have any questions or need any help, call me. And <laughs> 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 he certainly does. But I said, you know, be sure to, to keep everybody informed. And Dan is amazingly good and transparent in his communication with the board um, and with you know staff 
and that kind of thing. I think he really, really takes to heart that he wants to be open and transparent in his communication. And I just think that that has been so good, um, how he handled the incredibly difficult decision of canceling a, our physical in-person convention was just amazing. Um, you know, there were many a time when I said, oh my gosh, I am so glad I wasn't president and having to go through a pandemic, you know, but thinking about Dan having to make those decisions, none of those were easy and he handled them like a master. So he's really done a fine job has really listened to some of the words of wisdom that I hope I passed on to him because he's doing a tremendous job. Awesome. So I, my listeners know that I always have a fun segment. I call it a fast five with all of my guests. This of course will be a co fast five. So <laughs> please both of you answer. And they're just random questions that I pop out so that the listeners can get to know you guys. Let's start with, you know what, before I start, Caleb, if you want to see if there is anyone that has any questions for Kim and Brian after the Fast Five, I'll take a question or two before we go to commercial. Okay, question okay. number one. Uh, not, yeah, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, I'm, no. I'm going to take them right after the Fast Five. Uh, question number one, not counting any of the convention cities, what is the best adventure that two of you have been on? Your first, Brian. Uh, if it's adventures we've done together, I think it was going to the World Blind Union Conference in Bangkok, Thailand. We had a fun time going. Uh, of course, it's a unique situation in general, but for us, it was also uh, great fun from a culinary point of view, from a history point of view, uh, and we got to meet some pretty amazing people. A strange little tidbit for us is we live in Watertown, Massachusetts. The nearest hospital to us is the Mount Auburn Hospital. And the Mount, Os Mount Auburn Hospital is where the king of Thailand was born. So when we wow. were in Thailand, the minute people realized we were from Massachusetts, they always brought this piece of information into the, into the conversation. It was great, great fun. <laughs> my, my journey was, it was also actually a, a World Blind Union trip to a general assembly because um, I represent um, ACB on the World Blind Union. And um, starting next year, I actually will be taking on a new responsibility that was delayed a year because of the pandemic. Um, and that is, um, I will be serving as the president of the, the North American Caribbean region of the World Blind Union. And so um, at one of our previous meetings, when actually Brian was active in the World Blind Union, um, we went to Australia. And my, my favorite um, adventure, we went to a wildlife sanctuary and Brian and I, I was, um, it was just fun to go to the wildlife sanctuary, but um, my favorite thing was that we, we, I sat on the ground, I had a loaf of bread in my hand, and I was surrounded by baby kangaroos climbing all over me because they wanted to eat the, you know, I fed them the bread, it was Wonder Bread, and I broke it into little pieces, and they were just climbing all over me to get the Wonder Bread. From the size of a cat to about the size of a medium-sized dog, 
Um, they were just the tiny little things that were like a month old to six months old. And that was so cool. So. That is awesome. Brian All right. Koala bear. Because he was the last one to touch it and it was annoyed. And so it bit him. And everybody in the park kept saying, are you the man that got bit by the koala bear? Like it was a, a great honor, you know? <laughs> so. <laughs> well, congratulations on your new honor, even though it's delayed a year. Thank you. Question number two, family friendly. Can you share pet names for each other with our listeners? Kim's pet name around the house is the queen of now. <laughs> she, Only she, around the house, Brian? Oh, yes. <laughs> There's some friends who know the same moniker, but the, the basic idea is that she will ask for something and you may say yes, expecting to do it sometime in the next hour, but then she'll get quiet and you'll realize quickly she means, could you do this for me now? <laughs> I actually have a picture of Kim in the royal regalia of the Queen of England that we took when we were visiting London and got to go to the Tower of London and got a little private tour behind the scenes and got her all decked out with the crown and the, and the scepter and, and the robe and all that stuff. She even sat in a replica of the uh, throne. <laughs> and it seems only appropriate that she be the Queen of Now. Yeah. I hope Gabriel's not listening. He's gonna make he's gonna moniker me with that, the king of now. <laughs> what about you, Kim? Well, goodness. Um I don't know what I call Brian that I could say on the radio. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think I just the only thing I, I can think of that I call him is just honey. That's what I that's what I call him. That's his that's my little name for him. Like, honey, do this and honey, do that. You know, he's my honey, do. <laughs> well, you guys told the story earlier about meeting in camp. Tell us about the proposal. Um, the proposal was by scavenger hunt. Ooh. Okay. So, do tell. So we, we, uh, we had been living together for about a year. Or so we were remodeling our first home together um, and I had uh, recently become a licensed gemologist so we picked out her engagement ring by picking out the stone sitting at a table at a local restaurant with little pieces of paper with diamonds strewn across them it was great fun but um, to actually do the moment of the ask was uh, a scavenger hunt through our home, all in Braille, of course. And uh, that way I didn't want her to accidentally, um, how do we put it? Some people have, have taken the ring and hidden it in something like uh, the cocktail they were going to drink at that dinner or whatever. And the last thing I wanted to do was to see that ring get damaged in any way, shape, or form. But it was probably <laughs> worth more than the house we were living in. Wow, Kim, that sounds like fun. It, it was fun. All right, I'm going to shorten it one more, and then we'll go to question. 
where, what is the first thing that you guys want to do together after convention and after the pandemic is in its receding form? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Kim was just complaining yesterday as I took her suitcase down to storage for the first time in many years that all of her travel, had she actually gone to all the things that she was scheduled to do, um, that she ended up having to cancel five trips by air during that period wow. of time. So <laughs> I, I think the first thing that we're going to do is to go visit family back in Oregon, which is where we both were raised, and visit her mother, who, um, how old is Fran now, Kim? My 80, mom is 85. 85. Yeah. And there's nobody we want to see more in this world than to see her. So I anticipate that that will be our first real trip once, uh, once things are safe for us to do that. So Caleb, did we have a raised hand or two? We did. Uh, there was actually a caller uh, from the 469 area code. Did you have a question, caller? 469, going once, <laughs> going twice. Uh, well, Kim. It looks like Byron Brian. also had a, had a question. God, Byron. Well, I'm, I'm hearing the background noise of a phone call, so. Not sure. Okay. Um, so I had two questions, uh, one really brief one and one kind of serious one. Um, my brief question is I spent some time in Australia and I was curious for both of you, if there was any particular food or drink from Australia that you really miss that you can't get here in the U S <laughs> I can assure you it's not Vegemite. <laughs> I can assure you that. <laughs> Yes. Uh, there were some peculiar things. For example, the local uh, burger joint, we're used to saying burgers will have lettuce, tomato, onion, and pickle. Well, take off the pickle, put in pickled beets. I know. That was and weird. And add a fried egg. <laughs> now, I'm not sure I even missed that particularly. Um, and their Burger King is called Burger Queen. So. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Burger Queen. Yeah, that was something else. Um, the other thing is, um, hmm, drink. I enjoyed listening to all the words they had for coffee there. A tall mm. black, a short black, a skinny black. A, they have all kinds of crazy terms. And they do their coffee, brewing it always one cup at a time. Nobody's walking around the restaurant with an urn of coffee filling their cup. Yes. It's a whole new cup each and every time freshly brewed. Kim, what about you? Did you have any foods that you really missed from Australia? Not really, Brian. Um, I think he was the adventuresome one more than me and tried, you know, things that I refused to to try and and never gave him a moment's peace because <laughs> he did. Um, such well, as I thought one of the weirdest things about an ostrich and things like that that I said, How could you? You know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought one of the in person. Yeah. I thought one of the weirdest things about Australia was their tomato packet, like their their ketchup packets. Oh yeah. Those were really weird. So the the other question I had for you, um, and I guess I'll ask Kim first and then Brian. Um, if you could gain one of Brian's abilities, 
one of his many traits or abilities, what would that be that you would like to, to be able to gain from him? Oh, um, I think it would be his, well, certainly his ability to cook is amazing. <laughs> he is mm -hmm. incredibly good at that. Um, and he's very handy. His, his handyman skills are very good. He can fix almost anything in the house or he figures it out how to fix things. So those are a couple of his really solid skills. And what about you, Brian? What would you, what traits or abilities would you like to be able to acquire from Kim? Attention to detail would be number one, I think. Um, people might not realize it, but there are people who quite honestly would rather work than play. And that's Kim. She gets a great deal of enjoyment out of that. When she gets up in the morning, virtually the first thing she does is sit down to see what email came in during the night. And the last thing she does is listen to replays of the evening news from the major broadcasters on um, her Victor Reader screen. And then somewhere between those two events, she sleeps for four hours, maybe five. So I wish that I had that attribute. Uh, strong work ethic, but also an incredible attention to detail. Yeah. And the, the ability to, you know, like run on lack, lack of sleep, very little sleep. Exactly. exactly. I'm sure that comes in handy around convention time. Well, thank you, Byron. Um, Kim and Brian, <laughs> BBB, Kim and Brian are going to stick around. They will be back in the last segment with all the couples. And I will be right back within the spotlight right after these few messages. The Library Users of America, Lua, lets you share good books at our Library Without Walls conference calls, publishes the Lua Ledger, and advocates for funding for NLS Braille and talking book programs. Lua sponsors the Talking Book Narrator plus programs and workshops at the ACB National Convention. Be part of the Library Users of America. Call 502-897-1472 or email lua.payments, P-A-Y-M-E-N-T-S, at gmail.com. That's 502-897-1472 or email lua.payments at gmail.com. Hey guys, so what are we doing for Pride this year? I don't know inside. We can't do the festivals or the parades. Well, ECB Radio said that we could give them a music package and create a festival. What do you think, Byron? Yeah, there's all kinds of comedy and stuff. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, I agree. There's so many LGBTQ artists and icons and anthems. Yeah, and there are so many women artists. So for the rest of the month, join BPI for our Pride Music Festival celebration here on ACB Radio Cafe. Check the Blind LGBT Pride International Facebook page for scheduling information. We are back. <laughs> and in that last promo, you heard myself and Byron. You can hear that again on Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. on ACB Radio Cafe. We're going to roll right ahead in the spotlight. I am joined by Peggy and Michael Garrett of Texas. Thank you for joining me, guys, gals. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. So 
lots of people are familiar with you, but can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and about your affiliate? Okay. Um, this is Peggy, of course, and I, we are, well, I am currently the president of ACD of Texas. I am in my first term. Um, we are Oh, right at about 300 strong right now in terms of our membership, and we are very active. Uh, we have seven chapters around the state. Uh, we have chapters in Austin, in San Antonio, in Beaumont, in Dallas, El Paso, Fort Worth, and Houston. Um, we keep ourselves busy with advocacy uh, outreach to membership. We we currently our membership committee is currently working with our at large members to make sure that they are involved, that they are kept up to date on what's going on in our organization. Uh, our public relations committee is very very busy with making sure that we are involved in the activities that are going on around the state that we do have a voice and that also that our information is out there in the community so that they are aware that ACDT is here, where our chapters are located, our contact information. Uh, as much as we can, we, we just want people to know who we are, what we do, and that we are constantly recruiting, that we're making our services available, and just want to be a part of the of the community as a whole as well as statewide. Well, that's one of the C's of, of my programming today, community. And I think ACB has done a phenomenal job with the community calls and the outreach that we've experienced during this pandemic. What are you, what are you most proud of as far as the outreach and, and um, your membership? You know, we, we had over the years some uh, difficulties with outreach to the youth. And I'm noticing that in several of our, our chapters now, we have younger members joining us. We are not where we would like to be, but we are at least having new members, younger members to join. And not only are they joining, but they're becoming very active. They're taking a part uh, in leadership. They're joining committees. And the important part of that is that they're outreaching to other younger members. Um, this is something that we've talked about, not just in ACB of Texas, but uh, in other affiliates as well, that youth is very important to keep our organization going, to get them in, get them involved, help them to understand who ACB is, what we do, um, so that they can grow into leadership roles. And so I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um, not saying where we want to be, but at least we've, come, we've made a good start at getting uh, the youth involved. I'm also very proud of our advocacy uh, work. Uh, our advocacy chair for the past several years has been Kenneth Simeon. You all are probably familiar, everybody's familiar with him, but our advocacy efforts have really been great, uh, reaching out, getting involved with not just our local, but as, as well as supporting ACB's advocacy efforts. We each year have members from our, from our uh, affiliate and our local chapters attending the annual leadership uh, meetings and participating in the uh, legislative seminar. I think that's really important that 
we as an affiliate continue to work well with supporting the national uh, issues as well. But, but what we do on a state-wide level is we we collaborate with some other disability organizations too to uh, to help uh, increase our advocacy effort. And, and right now we're in the middle of uh, working on the voting issue. We have a we have a tremendous effort trying to make sure that uh, you know voting is accessible to those of us who are blind and visually impaired. And fortunately, we have some other other organizations who share uh, our, our, you know, our need for that. So we're proud of that too. Yeah, standing together, we're stronger. Our voices are heard more. Absolutely. Two days ago was um, Juneteenth. I was wondering if you had any thoughts or comments about what the state of, of Texas, what the atmosphere is like in these times right now and, and what the state and feeling of ACB. Michael? One of the things that, that, that I'm proud of here in the city of Houston is, is the great history. Of course, you know, we're, we're only 48 miles from Galveston where, where you know, Juneteenth originated. Right. But there's a great history in Houston itself uh, places like uh, Freedman's Town uh, and uh, Emancipation Park, Emancipa uh, Emancipation Museum, uh, uh, people like Jack Yates, uh, the school where where uh, George Floyd went to, uh, uh, and the the atmosphere here now is one of people trying to come together. Uh, on a peaceful uh, platform uh, to make real change, to draw people together. Houston is one of the most uh, diversified cities in this country. In fact, we had an award. We've had two great awards over the last 10 years, one of being one of the most diversified cities uh, in, the, in the country, and one award a few years ago we, we were uh, tabbed as one of the most accessible cities. Uh, in the in in the country, so there's a spirit here that reaches out. No, we're not perfect, but we reach out to try to bring people together, and I'm I'm, I'm really hoping that that spirit lasts. But uh, that that's what we've that's what we've tried to do, and that's what we're trying to continue to do. Have you felt Have you felt that spirit from ACB, the membership at large? In a, in a lot of cases, yes. But one of the reasons that, that I tell people that I'm a member of ACB is, is the fact that I came in and and was was encouraged to join committees, to be a part of uh, activities. And uh, of course, I have a personal philosophy anyway. And, and my personal philosophy is to get in the way. <laughs> That's one of my personal minds. I'm just going to get in the way. But in order to use 
my capabilities, my my feeble knowledge to help the organization. That that was my hope and my desire, and I was asked to serve on certain committees and and just be a part of the organization. And so I, when I recruit people, and especially young people, I, I I tell them that if if they ask me to come and help and serve, certainly you can, because a lot of the young people I speak to have tremendous capabilities you know well i've i've had uh, a couple of conversations leading up to this show and everyone that i spoke to was eagerly awaiting hearing you and peggy um correct me if i'm wrong i did some research you're a pastor not a pastor uh, a, a, a minister a i minister? guess you could say an associate an associate. Sometimes they refer to us as associate pastors, but there are there are a number of, of ministers uh, at, at my church, and we all have particular duties that we perform and working in certain ministries. And that's really what 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 is all about working in a certain ministry. I I uh, I serve as the uh, uh, leader of our disabilities ministry. And I also work in our orientation ministry. Very nice. Well, it's definitely about community. Later on, it's going to be about convention. But the heart of today's show is about couples. So can we get to know Peggy and Michael? Let's start with, how did you guys meet? You want to go first, Peggy? I will go first. <laughs> uh, we actually met at an ACB convention in 1998 in Orlando, Florida. Wow. But it was it was my very first ACB convention. I was somewhat lost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was new to the blind community. I still had some some quite a bit of usable sight, but for practical purposes. Uh, legally blind, somewhere in the middle, not at the beginning, but not to where I you know, eventually uh, got to. So I was walking around in a state of amazement because I didn't know that that many blind people existed. Um, and <laughs> just to watch everybody, the people who were using their canes and then the guide dog users, and I was just in total awe of the whole situation and was just eager to go everywhere, do everything. You know, of course, it was my first convention, and it was just there was just so much to do. And in the midst of that, I, I met Michael along with several other people. And, you know, I mean, nothing special. It was just meeting people who um, had been around the organization, trying to talk to as many people as I could and get to know them and figure out how were they doing the things they were doing and being so confident with, you know, with, with – uh, the orientate just, I mean, I was just overwhelmed, but in a good way, in a good way. So, you know, he was just among the people that I met at that time. Wow. Yeah, that was an especially uh, memorable convention for me because it, and that was in July of 1998. And, uh, and in October of that year, my first wife got run over by a school bus. And so that 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 year was 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 very. It, it had deep memories because that was the year I had 
I had my whole, well, not the whole, but but a big part of my family was there. We shared that convention. My mother was there to watch the kids, and and so so uh, Carolyn and I could run around and do all the all the stuff that you do at the conventions. You know, this session, that session, morning session, uh, mm-hmm. special interest groups, the whole nine yards. So we we're all we we're all over the place, and and the kids got to go to. Uh, 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 Disney World and oh, they just had they had themselves a ball, <laughs> but we we were pretty confident because my mother was there to 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 watch them. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm... And so so the 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 memorable thing about that for me was that meeting Michael and Carolyn and I thought oh they seem like a really neat couple I'll probably see them next year because I'd already made up my mind at that point that I would be attending additional ACB conventions. It was just that impressive. So they they were there uh, as as people I met that I thought could mentor me and help me grow, uh, you know, as I as I became a part of, of ACB. Well, Peggy, I, I can absolutely identify. Last year in Rochester was my first convention. And, oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I echo. I mean... You know, I knew that many blind people existed. I just didn't know they all got together in one place. Exactly. And, and you know, and that it worked, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, quite honestly, you know, I, I, I chagrin and, and chased my, chastised myself for some of the thoughts that I had leading up to it. But I was like, you know, are they going to all be bumping into each other? What about getting on and off the elevator? <laughs> and some of that does happen, actually, but not, mm-hmm. in, the, not in the fear way that I had anticipated beforehand. But um, it's not about me. It's about you guys. Um, <laughs> thank you, Brian. Um, Michael, sorry. <laughs> three couples, three different names. Thank you very much for sharing that part of the story. Fast forward a bunch of years. You guys are a strong, beautiful couple. When did it go from friendship to to love? <laughs> well... <laughs> You know, we, we would we would see each other every year at convention. Um, we became friends, and then of course we were serving together on the Multicultural Affairs Committee. So we were working um, on projects between between conventions, and it just kind of went from there to personal conversations, uh, getting to know each other, sharing what was going on in our local chapters and state affiliates and um, then it just became personal well you know what do you like to eat well what are your hobbies what do you do and of course the fact that we both love the Lord uh, was a huge part of of our relationship of building our relationship knowing how he felt about his family his dedication his love for his children his respect for for his elders respect for just women in general uh, played a big part in in us building our friendship, which eventually turned to, well, let's have lunch when we get together. Uh, what sessions are you going to? And um, it, it just kind of went from there. So one That's day sweet. we decided, mm, well, maybe we should uh, talk a look a little deeper. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let Michael take it from there. <laughs> I, I tease her all the time because I tell her she was chasing me. <laughs> she kept calling me between conventions, you know, because my, my my mind was in other places. You know, I had other things to do, other fish <clears throat> to fry, but 
she just kept popping up and popping up. And every time I, <laughs> every time I thought I was going down one road, I get a call from her, you know, like, oh, okay, well, maybe I need to pay attention to her. You know, maybe God is trying to tell me something, you know. <laughs> well, it definitely seemed like God had a beautiful message for the both of you. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, happy Father's Day. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want to tell us a little about the kids? Oh, my goodness. We have a lot of wonderful kids. <laughs> no, I know, but the listeners may not go between on. Us, between us, we have five children. Let me see, make sure I got this right. Twelve grandchildren and four great-grandchildren. God, and all of them are individuals. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have their own unique personalities. And it's just a wonderful thing to to talk to them and to, to watch them grow. I mean, they're, they're, they're just a neat bunch of people. Yeah, and, and to kind of follow up with that, I always wanted a large family. I grew up an only child and always said I wanted a large family. Well, that kind of didn't happen early on, but uh, I have the two biological children and, of course, the three additional children. So I said, well, Lord, you know, you answered my prayer, not the way I anticipated it, but, I mean, I never dreamed of having the family that I have, but I, I just feel so blessed uh, for to have every one of them in my life. Well, as you've heard in the last segment, I asked who wears the pants more often and who irons and presses them more often. You want to go first, Peggy? Uh, yes. Uh, Michael wears the pants. I get to do all the ironing and the pressing. He doesn't do any ironing or pressing physically, but, but he does wear the pants. I respect his judgment on many areas. Um, a lot of times we do make decisions together. He will consult with me. Sometimes in the end, it, it's his decision, but I, I respect that because he doesn't make rash decisions. He takes time to think things through, uh, sometimes a little bit more time than I like, but he takes his time to come up with what he thinks is the best decision. Normally, he will come back to me and say, well, you know, now that I've thought about it, and if I have input, you know, that that's good. Sometimes I just say, okay, whatever you decide. But he he wears it every now and then. I will, <clears throat> you know, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, he he does. Michael, any thoughts? I'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I can. I I love that your your faith plays a a huge role in in all parts of your life. You know, earlier we're going to get into the five questions, but earlier. Um, Kim mentioned that she was the first president, uh, you know, first female president of the organization. And currently, the three biggest states in our country all have female presidents. Do you, uh, Florida is Miss Sheila and California, who's having their convention this weekend. I'm sure that people will be able to grab that in the archives. Um, California is Judy. And uh, Texas is Miss Peggy. You know, I hadn't really, really noticed that, but um, 
You know, it, it's an honor to be able to represent a state. Um, it, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of responsibility. And I, I just deem it an honor that the state of Texas, ACB of Texas, saw me worthy to serve in this position. I, I give it my very best. I'm constantly trying to think of ways to move our organization uh, ahead, to grow it, grow our membership, to just be the voice of the people of Texas that we are that we need to be. Um, it's just amazing. I lived in Georgia before I moved here, and I was the first vice president and was to have been the president of Georgia before I was swept off my feet and uh, moved over to Texas. <laughs> and I never thought about it in terms of becoming the president, but here I am. And um, I I enjoyed representing uh, uh, the organization at the, at the state level. And as I said, I, I do my very best to make sure that we are included, that our voices are heard, and that we are representing uh, people in Texas who are blind or visually impaired in a very professional uh, uh, kind of way. Well, I was, you do I a beautiful was, job. I had, to, I had to chuckle, yeah. Anthony. I had to chuckle when uh, Brian was talking about Kim and getting her four hours, maybe five hours of sleep. <laughs> uh, getting up first thing she does is turn on turn on the computer to see which emails came in through through the night. Uh, the last thing Peggy does is make sure she's gotten all of her emails and, and checking throughout the day. She's, she's checking the news. She's talking on the phone. She's, doing, you know, but she's waits till the nighttime to get all of her documents written and all of her messages mm -hmm. put together. <sighs> she makes me tired watching her work. <laughs> Do you want to see her follow in Kim's footsteps and take some national leadership roles? Well, that would be that would be up to her. I, I don't see myself in Kim's role. Um, if if I was a little younger, maybe. But at the stage of my life where I am now, I'm really looking forward to having more me time while I enjoy what I do. I've been active in the local state and then moving into Nashville with ACB for, gosh, uh, close to 50 years. And I'm at a point now where I I'm trying to mentor other folks to come aboard to take on leadership roles. So while I plan to be around and be active, I, I don't see myself being in that lead in that role, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do a phenomenal job. There is definitely next gen and students. There's definitely a presence that comes out of Texas that that is commendable, without a doubt. So let's have a little bit of fun before we take another commercial break. I usually do a fast five, but I'm going to shorten it down to four. And there are four unique questions. They're different from the ones before. I'm going to start with a faith based question. It's for both of you. What is your favorite psalm or proverb or verse from the Bible? My favorite one is, uh, of course, very, the one I learned as a child and it stuck with me. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. 
trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Well, I have to. I have to. Um, I learned the 23rd Psalm probably when I was six or seven years old. And that that uh, has always resonated with me whenever I start to feel overwhelmed or just really stressed out. Um, I, I result to that. But then I won't go through the whole 23rd Psalm. My second favorite is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you. Question number two, which one of you as grandparents is the more strict one and which one is the fun-loving one? Or is it a mix of both for both? It's a mix of both, but I think I'm more of the fun-loving one. (laughs) I like to do the fun stuff. Say that. Yeah, but I think I think it's a mix. We we both are assertive uh, when, when it needs to be, when it needs to happen. But but we both we're, well, we're both we're both fun loving too. See, I I like to joke with them. You know, I I I like to joke with them and I like to puzzle them. You know, so so I'm always asking them little little uh, riddles or, or or you know trying to play little tricks on them, you know, <laughs> 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 to make them laugh. I love, you know, it, and, then, and then, but of course we've got some comedic grandkids too. Yes, and, we do. <laughs> and so it kind of goes back and forth. We, we, we're back and forth. I was talking to one of the older ones uh, the other day. Not only do we have great fun, but, but we have great deep conversations. You know, we were talking about the, the social upheaval and stuff going on, and you know, and, and uh, uh, he's he's a deep thinker. So we we I think we we talked about an hour just just going through things around the world. That's beautiful. You know, I'm I'm gonna vary it up. I'm, I because I I love the idea that you know you had that conversation. Did you get any interesting takeaway or any thoughts process that you might not have had before after having the conversation with him? No, it was just to sort of solidify what was going on in his life and how he interpreted things. And I was I was able to share with him from a historic standpoint since I lived through 60s, uh, all of the things that went on in the in the in the 50s and the 60s, and uh, and and I saw it from from my perspective, and I was able to share that with him, and how how the history repeats itself, but the results are what we're looking for now, and and hopefully, since history is repeating itself, we can make some some progress. From 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 today's events. Absolutely. Do you do you think that do you think that it got better for a long time and it and it de, you know devalued or do you think it's always been simmering and now the pot's boiling over again? <laughs> wow. I was thinking about the book we just had, we had the the book discussion of MCA. MCAC had uh, the other night, but 
But as we as as, as we know that we are creatures of history, in terms of from a generational standpoint, we 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 tend to do better for a while, and then we we revert back to our old ways, and 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 so that has a tendency to 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 mark us if if we employ some of the suggestions that are being put out there now it has the chance to sort of change the parameters by which we think and and hopefully it goes in a positive way you know you, you can you can change some things and it, and it'll have a negative impact on 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 people's perceptions but if you change it and you work together you can pull people together and that's that's what i'm hoping happens as a result of the last few months of of events and and i i agree with michael on that point However, I, I see a little bit different. I don't think that things ever really changed. I think that they just weren't so much in the forefront. Um, now that everybody is walking around with their phones and taking pictures and videos, I think that things now um, – well, let me back up and say that I think I think things have been going on. I don't think things ever really stopped, but I think they've gotten worse it worse in the last three years, and the fact that people are now on the spot presenting these images saying this is what's really happening uh, is making, in general, is bringing more more consciousness to what's happening. It never stopped. It, it just wasn't um, as apparent. It wasn't as out there as it is right now. And I think these, like I said, the last three years or so have just opened it up more and uh, people feel more confident that they can do certain things and nothing's going to happen. Whereas because in the past it was kind of uh, one person's word against the other, as opposed to now you can see it for yourself. And I think that's the big difference. But I do think that because it has opened up the way that it has, like (coughs) hopefully going forward, we can make some, some, some huge changes and, um, and and go forward in a in a more positive way. I, I have a two part question before I see if there are any questions for for you and Michael. Um, uh, there's been some absolutely beautiful messages on some of the, especially Next Gen and and the affiliate I'm involved with, most BPI. There's been some beautiful messages out there, and there's also been a lot of talk about the way people choose to react the way people choose to protest and and i my personal feeling on it is you can't sit down at the table to have a conversation if you burn down the table so in two part is there anything you'd like to say both to the acb community and to the community at large about what's happened in the last couple months i i would say this that if we keep in mind that regardless of a person's culture, regardless of the color of their skin, their social or economic background, that we're people first, um, we are all created equal from the standpoint that God gave us all a heart. We have all of the same organs. We all bleed red blood. I know of situations where 
organs have been donated by African Americans that have gone to Caucasians or Hispanics or whomever and vice versa. So we're all humans first. And if, if we can ever get to the point that we can see each other as people first, just like we want to be seen as people first, regardless of our disability, if we could look at it that way, I think that's the number one step. Uh, I think no matter where, whether we're involved in ACB, whether we're involved in local community activities, Lions Clubs or whatever, I think if we can see each other that way, I think that's the number one step to to making a change. Uh, I, I think that while we want to teach our children history, I think it's about how they're taught and what they're taught to understand about where they've come from so that they can appreciate the history. At the same time, I know that we got to think forward, but you can't go forward if you don't know where you come from. And a lot of times people are not understanding why things have happened the way they happened, that they weren't necessary in some cases, but it was because people weren't taught to respect each other. And until we realize we're all human and we learn to respect each other, I think we're going to have a, a difficult time going forward. Um, ACB as a whole, I think we have a great organization. I love this organization. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here, wouldn't give the time and effort that I put into it. But I think there are some changes that we need to make. I think we need to do more outreach to minorities. I think that as minorities, more of us need to step up and be willing to take on leadership roles. So it's a give-and-take situation, but it's hard to want to step up if you don't feel welcome, if you don't feel like you're valued, if you don't feel like uh, if nobody takes the time to find out who you are, what you have to offer in terms of your time, your talents, your, your education, your expertise, a lot of people are not going to just step up and put themselves out there if they don't feel that they're valued or that what they have to offer is really important. So it has to be a give and take on, on both ends. Thank you. Michael? And I agree I, I agree with I agree with what Peggy says, but let me say let me say this in in say it in a different way. Uh you you're right. You you can't come to the table if you burn the table down. You know, if you don't have, you don't have any, uh, a way to, to, to come together, hands meeting across the table. One of the problems I think is that people have, humans, everybody, humans are inherently selfish, mm -hmm. and if we feel like if 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 I don't get if I'm not number one, if I don't get the majority, if I don't get the bigger piece of the pie. I'm not going to be satisfied. We've got to be able to come together for the common good of everybody. Uh, no, I may not have the ability that you have. I may not be able to be capable of doing the things that you can do, but there is a place for me. And so we have to make people feel that do what you can do. Do what you can do. How can you help? Because everybody is capable of, capable of doing something to help this organization. And as a community, you know, uh, like one lady said on the on the call the other night, you know, what difference does it make? We can't see 
anybody's color. Right. But if if there's a human mm-hmm. present, mm-hmm. then the needs of that human being should be considered. Mm-hmm. So we need to work for the common good. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of all of those views, all of those. I'm really very, very happy with this conversation. Caleb, do we have anybody with questions for Peggy and Michael? Andrea came in during during that, so uh, Andrea might. I don't have any other hands raised in the in the group. Andrea, welcome. If you have a question. No, I didn't. Uh, that was my mistake. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Well, then Peggy and Michael are also going to stick around for the roundtable. I will be back after these quick messages. Every day, more Texans are experiencing vision loss. Is that you or someone you know? Do you need someone to talk to? Do you want to share your experiences? The American Council of the Blind of Texas can help. For more information, contact us at 281-438-9665. That's 281-438-9665. Or send email to info at acbtexas.org. Sunday Edition is underwritten by Ira. A description of life on your terms. Ira is a visual interpreting service provided by trained agents through a smartphone app available in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Or call our customer care team at 1 800 835 1934. The 2020 ACB Conference and Convention is going virtual this year, and so is the Monthly Monetary Support Team. We can't be in the exhibit hall this year, but you'll still be able to reach us by phone or by email during convention week. Sign up for as little as $10 a month or increase your monthly donations by $5, and you'll be entered in a daily drawing for a $100 gift card. Everybody who has signed up or increased their donations between the end of the 2019 convention and the end of the 2020 convention will be entered in a drawing for an iPhone 11. Want more information about MMS? Check the box on your registration form and we'll contact you. Stay tuned for more information as the convention gets closer. The MMS team hopes to hear from you. And we're back. So that was an amazing conversation. And I am just about to introduce our illustrious, wonderful, energetic, oh my God, there's so many words, president. But before I do, I would just like to remind everybody that pre-registration closes tonight. So if you have not registered for what is going to be a convention that it changes and marks history, please go to acb.org or reach out to Jenna Dickelman and register. Having said that, President Dan Spoon and your lovely wife, Leslie, welcome to Sunday Edition. Dan, welcome back. How are you guys doing? Good. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony, for having us. Thanks so much, Anthony. Glad to be here. What what great couples. We've been just enjoying yeah. listening to Kim and Brian and uh, Michael and Peggy. They're tough act to, acts to follow, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you learn anything about either of those couples you didn't already know? I, a little bit, yeah. Oh. You did? Right. Really? Yeah, I, I'm picturing Kim with those kangaroos <laughs> crawling all over <laughs> and Brian eating his, uh, eating burger, his with uh, the... burger with the egg and the, uh, and the pickled yeah. beets. Yeah. 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 I would absolutely love to hear an audio described video of that kangaroo episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would have been good. And, and I got the opportunity a few years ago, uh, Michael and uh, Peggy and Kenneth all invited me to Austin, Texas to be part of their their legislative days where they have this youth program that's actually, I think, named after Michael's uh first wife and I it was kind of a special anniversary of that and I got to meet uh besides Peggy Michael of course uh, his three daughters and you talk about a dad that's doted over by his uh children and grandchildren it's Michael what a what a great role model he is mm -hmm. well that says a lot about about a character when your kids and grandkids fight over loving you <laughs> <laughs> yep so let's dive into Dan and Leslie. We all know you. We all know your voices, but let's get to know you guys as a couple. Let's, I'll do the same question I've done with everybody else. How'd you guys meet? When did the romance start? Oh boy. I think everybody knows this story already. I think Dan has said it many times on ACB radio and in person. And uh, um, I'll start and then Dan can finish because he starts too long. So... Um, <laughs> I lived in Las Vegas and Dan lived in Orlando, Florida. And uh, uh, my sister Anita wanted to go. Um, we have retinitis pigmentosa, um, RP. So um, my sister and I wanted to go. My sister wanted to go to the Foundation Fighting Blindness um, convention in 96. And I was 20 years old then. And I said, no way. I'm not going, Nita. There's just no way. You know, I'm not going to a blind convention. I, you know, I'm not going. She said, yes, please come, please come. And I worked um, for Steve Wynn at the um, Golden Nugget and his wife, Elaine Wynn, and wrote a letter to them and told them that my sister and I wanted to go to the convention for um, the Foundation Fighting Blindness. And they sponsored us, my sister and I. She wrote us a check for, this doesn't seem a lot now, but it was 2500 back then in the 90s was a lot you know so wow. um paid for the convention um our airfare our room and everything and so we uh so my sister and i went to to the convention in washington dc so we have really fond memories of washington dc um stayed at the dupont hilton circle dupont circle hilton and uh the night there was a um a boat cruise on the potomac river like a dinner cruise so we went, and um, my sister was, it's hard for me to talk about her. I was very close to my sister. Um, she was this big, big, boisterous, lively person, uh, six feet tall, and, and I won't say how much, but, you know, pretty good size, and a lovable person, um, best person you would ever have met. You know, a lot of people have met her. So uh, we get on the boat and the dinner cruise, and we're there and uh, sitting at a table, and the first thing she says is, I need to go to the bathroom. So I'm like, okay. So we go to the bathroom and, or she goes to the bathroom. Somebody helps her go to the bathroom. And Dan sits, he scoots, scoots over and sits next to me. And we start talking and just, you know, you know, Dan Spoon, he, he loves to chat. So, and I love to chat. So we started chatting and 
they were doing the Macarena, and I said, Dan, let's do the Macarena. I'll teach you how to do it. Come dance with me. And uh, so after that, we did the long-distance dating. And, and like um, I think Michael said about Peggy, uh, and I, Peggy, Michael's on the auction committee with me, so I love, I love Michael and Peggy to death. So like he said, I, it, Peggy stalked him. I stalked Dan soon. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so after that, it's kind of, you know, the rest is history, but Dan can – take it from there if he keeps it clean <laughs> come on spoon <laughs> uh, well i you know one of uh leslie's most wonderful qualities is her tenacity and uh, to kind of point that out so we had uh you know met each other and dated a couple of times and uh i'm a big university of florida fan and back then our big rival in the sec this was before alabama got really good again was was Tennessee. They were kind of, we fought them for the SEC championship every year. So Florida was playing Tennessee and Knoxville. So a bunch of my buddies, we rented a chalet up in the Smoky Mountains uh, in Gatlinburg uh, to go hang out and, you know, have fun before the game and all that. And I am, I'm out on the, you know, the balcony, having a beer, looking over the mountains in Gatlinburg. And I, and we get a call at the chalet and I'm like, who knows we're here? And somebody answers the phone and says, Spoon, it's for you. Some woman wants to talk to you. And I go, Ooh, who knows Spoon in Tennessee? It was Leslie. She had tracked me down somehow to a chalet in Tennessee and was just calling to see how I was doing before the game. This was before <laughs> cell phones and all that stuff. So she's she's tenacious i will i, I that's <laughs> one of her most wonderful qualities uh so it, it really was a of kind of a, a romance there we did cross-country dating for a year or so and then she gave me the ultimatum and said you know we need to you know we need to have this uh, relationship go to the next level and said i said oh well that's great i would love for us to get married but you're going to have to live in orlando florida because that's where my job is and uh, she's like, oh, I hadn't kind of thought through that all the way. And so she said, well, let me give you, you know, I said, let I'll me get back with you in the couple, next couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't hear anything for two weeks. And then finally, like the 14th day, she called and said, uh, I, I want to get together. I accept. So she came down to Orlando and we went out and did a a wonderful weekend at Disney World, and uh, and I formally got engaged on my my grandfather's birthday, May nineteenth. So I remember that quite well. So anyway, it's been would be twenty three years this year. So yeah. we're way behind Kim and uh, Kim and Brian, but uh, and, uh, it's, it's yeah. been all good. Yeah. Wow. So you've heard in the other segments. I'll ask the same question. Who most often wears the pants and who most often irons and or presses the pants? Dan Spoon wears the pants in our family. Oh, well, that's interesting. First of all, you there's do. no there, there's no ironing and pressing that takes no. place in our family. There, there is not, it's, Anthony. It's there's, definitely there's wash no, and wear. And, and there's no cooking in our household either. We, we, the closest unique. we come to cooking is a little reheating, yes. Uh, and everybody that knows us very well knows that about us, so... <laughs> I would say I, I get the privilege of doing a lot of the, uh, the, the the planning and the details and all that. But if there's any decisions that are made, if Leslie's not okay with it, we don't do it. 
So it, it really is kind of a joint decision. Um, we had one of those just this week, right, dear? Where we're, oh, no. Yes, yeah, we did. We, we, we uh, you yes. know, uh, we didn't, uh, you know, if we don't both agree to do something, then we don't do it. So, yeah. Yeah. So we, yeah. we usually, we're a team. We, we try we, to we share. Are, we're a team. Yeah. Yes. I really think, and, and I think Peggy and uh, Peggy and Michael and Kim and Brian can say that too. But being all, being visually impaired, both of us, I think we really do look at this as a team effort. It's kind of like many times us against the world, or us against whatever injustice is out there, or or opportunity to educate somebody. Uh, so I I really do think of ourselves as a team. And I have to tell you, Anthony, Dan is my, my mentor and my best friend and my hero. I mean, there, there's a little age difference between us. And um, he has taught me many things in life. Um, and, and it's just been, an, you know, it's been a journey for Dan and I. Um, moving, you know, moving to, to, to just, you know, take that opportunity and move here and be with him uh, was a big leap for me. I was very close to my family, so uh, he is—he is truly my best friend, and truly, in, in all on all words of wisdom, he is my hero, and mentor in life. So, well, you guys are both athletic. You come at it from different spaces, but what what athleticism do you share? Do you have in common? Mm. Well, we both like sports a lot. Mm -hmm. And we're. Uh... We're, we're avid walkers now, so we try to go on um, three walks a day, you know, especially with COVID-19. That's kind of like the highlight of our day now. We, we go out and, you know, walk, uh, you know, going about three mile and a half uh, walks each day, one in the morning, lunch and dinner. Probably going go on one on right after this, uh, yeah. you know, this, this uh, call is over. And so... Um, and then Leslie is truly the the uh, athletic one. I mean, she worked very hard as a blind person to become a, a certified aerobics instructor and a personal trainer and, and taught at a lot of gyms around the area and then owned her own gym for five years and learned uh, kind of the, the role of being an entrepreneur and, and a, and a, business, and a uh, business manager and a teacher and uh, yeah. And those type of things, and and pretty much, I would say through through that part of your career, all your clients were sighted. So you know, yeah. you were the yeah. only blind person in the room most of the time. So um, yeah, it, it it and it took a lot there because they didn't they didn't offer the test originally in any kind of large print or giving you extra time for reading it. Yeah. So that she had to advocate had to advocate for that, for that and 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 really. At the very end, they gave me my personal trainer's test um, with added time, and somebody read it to me. My other one, my my uh, aerobics instructor test, they did not. They did not give me extra time. No. Yeah, and this was—I mean, this is back. I've I've been teaching for 22 years since I've been here. So, um, you know, that's back in the late 90s. So, and things have come a long way now. I've heard so, which is wonderful. You know. But it, it was a it was a struggle, but it was a good struggle, you know. I would get I would get literally Anthony, I would get maybe I would practice and practice and practice for a maybe five minute segment, if that. And then after that the, the other instructor would keep me after and tell me what I need to learn and what I needed to do and so it it was interesting. Yeah. I'd but, say you learned a lot though. You really learned how to oh, do yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Correctly. 
Yeah, and I saw her later in life at a convention. I went up to her and I said, thank you so, so much for what you did for me. I'm a, I'm a better instructor today because of that. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a medium that is unique for our community, and and so it's you know I know we we cringe sometimes when we hear like the inspirational or so on and so forth, but it you know it, it's notable to that those who are coming up and looking for a path if that's something that they that they're passionate about exercise and training and so on and so forth, it you know it can be done and that's beautiful. Definitely. So, yeah, definitely can be done. Let's do a little bit more about Dan and Leslie. Which one of you guys, which one of you is more romantic? And what is the most romantic thing that that one has done? <laughs> I'm laughing because Dan is more romantic than me. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most romantic thing Dan's ever done for you? Oh, the most romantic thing. Gosh. Um, and by the way, I knew the answer to that question. Everyone thinks that Dan is a big romancer. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, well, let's see. The most romantic thing he's done for me. I, I, you know, it, that's a hard, hard question because every day is just, you know, it, it's so exciting living with him and being married to him. Um, the most romantic thing I'd say was the first time we went to Key West. That's our that's our special place, and uh, and you know it was romantic to go there and be with him, and uh, so that's that I'd say that's the rom romantic thing. And he's well, and he also sent me flowers once when I lived in Vegas when we were first dating, <laughs> and then and then I told him that you know don't worry, you know the flowers are beautiful, but I'd rather just have a, go out to dinner. <laughs> I don't know, Dan. Can you think of anything? I. Don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't what know, is, yeah. what is ahead, your Andy. biggest pet peeve about each other? Oh, well, this is, uh, I'll, you want me to go first, Leslie? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, this is, this is kind of, this may be more a gender thing than it is a Leslie and Dan thing. I don't know, but, uh, cause uh, Michael and Brian kind of also mentioned this, but Leslie is really like a, a multitasker. So, you know, she will ask me a question in one room as she's heading out the room to go to another spot to then go to another spot. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm always intrigued by, you know, the, her ability to, to move on to the, to the next thing. And so uh, it's like, well, did you really want to know the answer to my question? Cause you asked, and then you went to the laundry room and then you went over to the kitchen and, now I'm yelling. And so th I think that's, um, you know, it's sometimes I've wished for a smaller house so it's easier to communicate. <laughs> what about you, Leslie? <laughs> oh, well, okay. So my pet peeve with Dan is he's a, he's kind of a hoarder. <laughs> really? and, I'm, and I'm kind of a neat freak and, uh, I like things orderly and I, I, um, the things that are in our refrigerator and lines and I, I'm pretty neat. I'm a neat freak. And, and, uh, he has piles. So that, that's my pet peeve with him is his piles. <laughs> so I'm a little of an, I can be a little of a nester. So yeah. Nester is. might be nicer than hoarders. Yes. Nester. Nest. So around my reclining chair is easy access of most things I need to get to. 
<laughs> Whether they be snacks or radios or, <laughs> uh, or phones or whatever it might be. <laughs> Remote controls. Yeah. So, Leslie, I think everybody would love to know what has it been like in the Spoon household since convention turned from in-person to virtual? Is the phone ringing at all hours of the day and night? I just got to tell you, Anthony, I'm so glad that I gave Dan his own phone number when he retired. That was my gift to him. Um, it had nothing to do with ACB. It was uh, I talk on the phone a lot and he talks on the phone a lot. And so my gift to him, I Dan is very practical. Um, he doesn't like gifts very much. So you have to get him something practical. He won't use something right away. So I've known this over the years, and this is just something about Dan. Uh, so I got him his own phone line. So, you know, he has his own phone number, which is wonderful. So, um, and and I am so proud that he is ACB president. But, yes, his phone does ring a lot, i got to admit. But, but my phone rings a lot, too. So uh, not as much as his, but, you know, uh, doing ACB auction, my phone rings a lot. But uh, he, he he's pretty busy, so when you first you know heard that it was going to go virtual what was your first thoughts um i thought wow uh to be president the very first year and i i said to him i said i bet kim is very happy that she's not having to deal with this um and and i knew i knew he could do it um working at, at siemens for 25 years and and seeing how he's run projects and seeing um, how he's managed people pretty much all his life. He had his own business. He had my business. Uh, I had no doubt that he could do it. He he thinks a lot. He analyzes a lot. So uh, when you live in the spoon household, um, you analyze a lot. You know, like Michael <laughs> said, you don't you don't jump to conclusions very quickly and and actions very quickly. We analyze and analyze and analyze, and then then we do it. So uh, when he thought about it and knew that this was happening. He called Janet right away and said, you know, like in March and said, we need to go virtual. And I think she might have had a heart attack, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 been the right thing. Um, it's sad that we're not going to be in person. I, I'm going to miss seeing my old friends and new friends. And um, but Dan has done a wonderful job. The staff has done a wonderful job. You know, um, everybody's just really stepped up to the plate. Yeah, I would say, you know, I, I, I did say, you know, of course, I said, Janet, we need to consider the possibility that we may end up going uh, virtual because it was, you know, back at the, it, it was amazing kind of how quickly it moved. And, and this is one thing I, you know, again, I can't say enough about Kim and, and the foundation that she laid uh, over the last six years as being ACP president. And and I kind of have to share a little shout out to Michael there too, because, you know, when I ran for the board the first time, I was on the same slate of candidates with Michael and it was his second time. So he kind of took me under his wings and, and you know, if you've never run for, for an office inside of ACB, it's changed a little bit with the, with the telephonic uh, and Zoom candidates forums. But it used to be you had to run from affiliate to affiliate and caucus to caucus. And, uh, you know, 
Michael, Mike, Michael knew the ropes. And so uh, there were three of us, uh, John McCann and, and Sarah uh, uh, and myself, that it was our first time uh, running. And so Michael and Burl kind of helped us get from spot to spot to spot and coached us up and, you know, told us not to be nervous and all that stuff. So uh, shout out to Michael there too. But one thing I'm learning as ACB president, you kind of have to think, you know, ahead of the where the crowd's going to be next and start trying to have the conversations uh, because, you know, it any change is difficult. And so you have to kind of first throw the idea out there and know you're going to meet with a lot of resistance. But at least we have a, you know, we have a group that that thinks and a board that that engages and so in, in a staff that 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 also is very very passionate about American Council of the Blind and so yeah. you kind of have to let everybody kind of noodle on it and stew over it for a while uh, and so when it first got mentioned as a possibility it was it was oh no way not going to happen we're going to wait until the end of May to make a decision you know those type of things and very quickly, there within with re- within really three week weeks, we had uh, we put an emergency board meeting on the calendar, and and unanimously the board went around and everyone spoke in person, and and really became very evident that the the safe th- thing to do for the health of our organization was to go to a virtual convention. But I have just been so proud and so impressed of how everybody has jumped in and said we're not going to just do a virtual convention we're going to do the best virtual convention we could possibly do so so to see all the different committees and in special interest affiliates and how they have stepped up i mean it's amazing that we've got 100 breakout sessions you know for the convention and yep. and primetime programming every night and an audio described tour channel and eight hours of exhibit halls. I mean, I won't talk too much about convention because we're going to do that later, but I mean, it has just been really exciting to see how everybody has stepped up. And I think by the ACB board uh, moving very quickly to do our national convention virtually, I think it allowed our state affiliates to say, hey, we can do this too. And and by offering the support of ACB Radio and the wonderful work that uh, Debbie has done and Jason and Jeff and and Deb and Rick and and team, it has uh, just been great to see, you know, everybody step up. Florida's now had a wonderful virtual convention. California had one this weekend. Peggy and Texas have decided to do theirs at the end of August virtually. In fact, I just got an invite to for a planning session for the uh, ACB of Texas convention. So, you know, we're the conventions just keep on rolling here, Anthony. Nice. So I'm going to open it up for questions, Caleb, right after I ask Leslie to please give me the book jacket version of auction. Tease us. What should we expect this year? Tease you. Okay. I love to tease. Yay. So auction, Tuesday night, July 7th. It will start at 6 p.m. It's virtually. Lots of wonderful items. Um, Three trips. Wonderful jewelry. 
um, lots of wonderful technology. I can't I can't even go into the technology. It's just amazingly humanware. We've got a we've got first time an embosser, a wonderful Julie Juliet 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 yep. embosser. Yeah, and a Victor Stream, a Victor Trek, uh, brilliant. I just tell you that the affiliates and the individuals and companies, it's just been amazingly great. I, I was worried. So it's it's just been awesome. And then um, we're going to do three days prior. Michael came up with his name. It's the Appetizers for the Easy Chair Auction. So Monday, mm. Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going to have um, – we had so many items, <laughs> we could have we could have been fine at doing the regular auction. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're having um, three days. So stay tuned on leadership. Um, so appetizers before the auction. There'll be um, different items each day. It'll open, um, you know, in the morning and close the next day. So it'll be um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the 29th, 30th, and first. So that's stay tuned. All righty, Caleb, do we have anybody who wants to uh, spoon with the spoons? Uh, we had a couple people come in, and we have a few people raising their hand. Looks like Debbie Grubb has a question. I'll unmute her first. Actually, looks like she might be muted on her end. My fabulous friend, Hello. Debbie. Hello. There you go. Hello, Hello. Debbie Grubb, our program. Yeah. Hi, Debbie. Our pro I gotta give her a shout out. Debbie put the program together for the Florida Council of Blind Convention and it just did a fantastic job. So hi Debbie. Hello guys. Hi Debbie. Hi Miss Nestle. I just I just wanted to, to make a comment about this whole show today with all that's going on in this country and all of the angst that we are feeling. It is wonderful to know that in ACB leadership, we have people who love each other dearly, who for whom ACB and what it does is a major component in the relationship. And that there is, um, and I was especially with Michael and Peggy, the gentleness and the kindness with which they answered questions that some may have found difficult. And I just want to say that I'm always proud to be a member of ACB, but today, hearing all of you and what you have to say, I know that ultimately, with all the bumps in the road and that may occur as we move along, that this organization is in good hands, and you all have been entertaining, and I won't use that I word, but you have all been very special, and I just Mm -hmm. want to say thank you. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. Debbie. Thank you so much. Caleb? All right, looks like Sheila also has a question. Oh, it's a Florida oh. day today. Oh, no. Sheila. Can you hear me? Yes. Yep, we can hear Our you. wonderful Madam President of FCB. <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon, guys. Anthony, I want to tell you, I have enjoyed today's um, interviews that you have done. These people are amazing. And <clears throat> I know ACB is in awesome hands right now. So. No, you're yeah, one and, of our great leaders so thank yourself as is. well she really and, is and anthony as you were talking about you know the fact and i know uh, gabe is taking judy's place in california but with peggy in texas and sheila in florida and then oh my gosh we've got we've got you know karen in new york and we've and we've got rachel yep. in illinois and and we've got you know 
Missouri with Naomi. I mean, on and on and on, um, you know, uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia. We have so many women leaders that have stepped up and become affiliate uh, presidents. Just uh, it, it's really uh, exciting to see that uh, inside of our organization. And on the staff, we have some dynamic women, Nancy Becker and Kelly and mm-hmm. Sharon. I, you know, it's it's there's there's a lot of place here for. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Sheila. Caleb, do we have anybody else? I do not see any other hand, hands raised. Nope. Well, then the spoons are going to stay around as well. We're going to have one more quick message, and then we're coming back for a special roundtable. Sunday edition with Anthony will be right back. The ACB auction is the highlight of the conference and convention for many of us. But what will they do this year? Never fear, ACB's got it covered. Just grab your favorite beverages and snacks and settle into your easy chair. That's right, it's the Easy Chair Auction, Tuesday, July 7th, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can attend via Zoom or listen on ACB Radio, wherever your easy chair happens to be. So get ready to support ACB and stay tuned for more details about auction items and how to bid. It's the ACB Easy Chair Auction, part of the 2020 ACB Virtual Conference and Convention, right here on ACB Radio. Join us for this year's ACB Virtual Convention, which will be held from July 3rd through July 10th. You can listen to the convention on ACB Radio. You can also listen and participate on Zoom. For more information on specific workshops, programs, and how to participate, go to www.acbconvention.org. And we're back before we jump into the special roundtable. Two quick announcements. In case there are maybe three or four ACB members who did not know, we launched a Facebook community page this week. And it is strong. It is beautiful. Check it out and become a part of the Facebook community page. I also want to urge everybody, if you have not filled out your 2020 census, to please go online, make the phone call grab your mail but please every number counts we all need to make sure that we have filled out our census so now i've got all three of my fabulous couples all at once i'm gonna throw out a question and you guys can round table it out how is it being a dynamic couple at convention are we two halves of one whole what's it like Anthony, I'll just say, and I, I think I can speak for all the couples here, but if, you're, if your partner is a member of an ACB committee or an event, you are there as well to support and participate. So, uh, so I think uh, from that standpoint, we're always supportive of each other. On the other hand, at times, I see Leslie when I leave the hotel room oh, yeah. in the morning, and I don't see her again until we get back together in the evening. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Sometimes that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so this is Kim, and, and I would have to concur with that. I would, I would absolutely say that 
over the six years I was president, um, I could not have done everything I did and work a full-time job if I didn't have the full support of Brian behind me to make sure that some of the day-to-day the, the -day chores and the, the meals were prepared and he would say, you go check your email, I'll make sure dinner's ready. And he just would be so supportive and give me the time I needed to do the work I needed to do for ACB. So, and it's no different at convention. He'd, he'd get me a diet soda or make sure I had um, a little snack for lunch when I was running from one thing to another and didn't have the time to stop to eat a meal, which is probably the way all of us exist at conventions. So mm -hmm. um, he'd just always think of those little things that would help me get through the day. And, and when you're going from place to place and you got this event and that event, and, and I, I always have to be there to, to make sure to help Peggy with, uh, especially when we do the luncheon or the, our midweek uh, event. I, I would, I, I, if I have to take tickets at the door or if I have to make sure the refreshments are there or because she, she's, she's the, the meter and the greeter and she's got the, She's got the butterfly around, make sure all the people are okay. Everybody's <laughs> taken care of, you know. So somebody has to do all the, to, to make sure that they have the stuff to get taken care of with. You know? and, and so I'm always there. And, and Peggy and I, we like to, I don't know, for some reason, when we started dating, we started dressing alike. Yeah. And so, and so we're, we're, easy, we're easy to find. Because if you if if we're asking a sighted guy to say, well, I'm looking for my my, my mate, and uh, I'll say, well, she has on the same color I have on. <laughs> oh, there she is. <laughs> oh, that's I, that's that is a great tip for, for those couples out there who'll be attending convention next year in Phoenix. <laughs> a lot of a lot of the joys of the convention is trying to find one another. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. right. Yes, and most certainly. We've, we've been lucky that Kim has a guide dog that loves me dearly. And so if Kim <laughs> says, let's find daddy, whew, I mean, it, 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 a suction in the air happens as that dog launches herself to find me. And that, that's terrific. Uh, and when I had a guide dog, it reciprocated that situation. So that always is good. The other is all of us trying to arrange to eat. It is a difficult thing. It is, Brian. Yes. Oh we, yes, it is. We frequently get together for dinner. We have to say, I will have dinner with you once this week. I'm making that commitment to do that kind of thing. And then some poor soul has to get on the phone and find out what restaurant will accept reservations for a party, which frequently starts at six people but by the time we get there it's 16 yep. That's true. Yeah. all the time I, I don't think there's been a little quiet dinner among us ever during convention i remember the year that we went out to convent uh, to a dinner and um mikey wiseman from again from florida those floridians they're everywhere but mikey yes, wiseman actually flagged down a party bus Yes. Oh, yeah. To get us all oh to God. go to dinner at the same time. 
an Vegas. entire party bus. Yeah, that was in, it was Vegas. in Vegas. I remember that. We, we, we rented yeah. a bus to go to dinner. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. At a Mexican restaurant. Was, I remember it, that. Yeah. yeah, it was actually cheaper than us all taking Uber or Lyft or whatever. And we all arrived at the same time, which was kind of convenient. That was fun. And we all got to go home on the party bus, too. There you go. See? That was fun. Life was a lot. <laughs> it, it has its wonderful moments like that. There's no question well, about it. Well, and I want to know if you guys go through this, but, you know, with our FCB convention this year, because it was virtual, we weren't having to do all the background work the weekend of the convention. You know, we weren't we weren't running to the uh, to the hotel kitchen to fill five coolers up with ice for the hospitality room. We weren't stuffing goodie bags. We weren't manning exhibit hall tables. And so what was really interesting virtually I got to actually listen and participate in a lot more oh, of the convention yeah. than I do when I'm when I'm working one. But yeah. you love all that. You like to help me do all that. Oh yeah, well, we're helping everybody. But it is <laughs> but it but it is it, it is interesting that when you kind of sign up to do the work, you're not in many cases participating unless you're on a panel because you're running around doing all this stuff. You know, exactly, exactly. So and, true. you know, if you're a helper bee type person to, to begin with, mm -hmm. then, you know, you just go from helping this person to helping that person to, you know, wherever you get yeah. a reputation of being reliable to go mm -hmm. run an errand somewhere. I've yeah. run many an errand uh -huh. over the course of ACB <laughs> history, let me tell you. Yeah. And for some, some rather off-putting things shall we say we do what we have to do and one, exactly. one day at a convention i was walking down the hall and someone was lost and and i said can i help you get somewhere and and they said i'm trying to get to the elevator which i've heard a lot of people say and I said, well, i'll be happy to walk with you and you want to take my arm and i offered my arm and they took and they said well what's your name and i said i'm kim charleston and they said but you're the ACB president. <laughs> and I said, yes, I am. And, and they said, and you're helping me. And I said, well, sure I am. Why would I leave you stranded? Of course I'll help you. And I said, well, that's so nice. I didn't think you had time. And I said, well, I'm not going to leave you stranded. Of course I have time. <laughs> we do whatever we have to do. Yeah. One of the other and interesting that, and things that, in these, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, that's, that's right, Kim. So last year in, in Rochester, having to go from building to hotel to hotel oh, and, no. I, and, I, oh, and I had no, on, no. on a couple of occasions I had a couple of the the really older ladies uh, uh, going from one place to the other they had no concept oh I think the funniest thing was oh my gosh the, <laughs> the, the one of the ladies who was helping us she put us on the elevator and she went down the escalator because she was afraid to be on the. She was afraid to get on the elevator. <laughs> wow! But I had, these, I had these little old ladies, and and you know they were they were very timid and and they, they fragile, very fragile, right. and had to take time. And that happened twice 
going from our hotel over to the other hotel. They had to really take your time and make sure that they got to where they needed to be. But, you know, I was happy to do it, though. I got to tell you a funny story, Michael. <laughs> so Dan Dan and I, you know, had the luggage, you know, because of the two hotels last year with the auction. The auction was over in the Hyatt. So we would, we got this clever idea after the first day. We we, we were horrible the first day. It was horrible. We got a belt thingy and stretched <laughs> over and we couldn't, you know, up escalators, down escalators. And Dan says, this is, we're not going to do this again. He analyzed it, of course. He says, we're going we're gonna to put the things, we're going to put your, your items in our suitcases. We're going to take all the clothes out, which our clothes are already out, you know, and we're going to put all the items in the suitcases and we're going to wheel the suitcases over to the other hotel. Okay. I said, great. But every time we saw somebody, you know, Dan was running for president and they said, are you leaving? Are you, are you checking out? (laughs) Because we had so many items that we had both suitcases full that we both had a suitcase and we're both, you know, we're both walking and everybody say, are you checking out? Are you leaving? We're like, no, we just have auction items. <laughs> the conversations today have been so dynamic, and I wish I could get a third hour out of this show for today, but I just want to check with Caleb and make sure that we don't have anybody else waiting to ask a question. I, there was a uh, caller came in on an iPhone, but, not, but it looks like iPhone? They, they've muted. If you want to ask a question, now's your time. Unmute. Three, two, <laughs> one. Okay, well, we've got barely about two minutes left. I would like very quickly, as quickly as you can, tell the listeners one thing about this year's convention that they can't miss. We'll start with Dan and go backwards from there. Dan? Um. Okay, one thing they can't commit. I think we are going to have an audio described playing of uh, Parasite, which is won the best movie this year uh, at the Academy Awards. It's uh, it, it's in uh, Korean, and so it will be kind of a double whammy. First, they're going to be uh, translating into English and then audio describing on top of it. So I'm very curious to see how that works for audio description. Leslie, I'm sure you're going to say the auction. Anything else? The, the auction and the walk. The ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. Yeah. All right, Peggy. Multicultural Affairs Committee. <laughs> we'll, we'll have our program on Sunday afternoon, July 5th. Don't miss it. Michael. Words of encouragement on Sunday morning. Absolutely. Okay, Brian. Let's see. Um, it's all about tech for me. So the information 411 will have some interesting stuff going on there. We also have uh, uh, the latest about Bard Mobile and Bard Express. And thirdly, there is the home automation session where we'll talk about smart devices and how they can improve your independence in your home. All right, Kim, take us out for the day. Thank you all for being my guest. It was amazing. Kim, your uh, campus convention. Thank you. This is, I said before, this is going to be the convention that really highlights audio description. We've got the entire tour channel with audio described tours. And we have um, just so much award presentations and 
a, um, a presentation every day, either at 3 p.m. or 4.30, and the evening on Monday, the industry panel with Comcast and Charter, Apple, Amazon, all the biggies in the audio description world. So um, and I can't. Looking forward I can't wait to, to see what Joel does they, with the fireworks. That's right. right. The fireworks, um, Claire Stanley, pick of the litter, and Ray Samuelson taking us out on Friday for the banquet is one of the foremost leading audio describers in the country. He's a narrator of audio description. So he's the voice of um, shows like NCIS, Criminal Minds, and over 600 movies. So he's our banquet speaker. It's going to be great. There's so much going on. I don't know how we managed to pull this off. It is incredible. Um, I've just finished nope. formatting the program for the news line so people can call in and read the entire program. And it's over 100. Jim, I have got to cut you off. We are okay. over our time. I'm so sorry, but thank you all for joining me and we will be back next Sunday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. Bye, everybody. See you right. soon. Bye. Right. You've been listening to Sunday Edition with Anthony on ACB Radio Mainstream. For more information, questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, etc., please email Celebration AC. That's the word Celebration with the letters AC at AOL.com. Look forward to hearing from you and let's brunch again next Sunday.